Welcome to the Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs podcast, a place for podcasters to learn what's actually working in the world of podcasting and how to use their podcast to generate consistent leads in their business. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited you're here. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the online space. Well, thank you so much for having me on today. I, you know, before we hopped on the call, I was mentioning that I listen to your show every week uh, and just offers great insights uh, without spending too much time, which is really awesome. So thanks again for having me. And I got started in the online space as a blogger, a personal finance and travel blogger in 2015. And I transitioned to having a podcast in, by 2018. And I've grown so much as a content creator, but I think what's most important is that being a blogger informs a lot of the decisions that I make as a podcaster, especially when it comes uh, to the show notes. Uh, also, in addition to having my own personal finance and travel platform, I'm also the founder of Women of Color Podcasters. So I have a community and we have uh, classes every single month. We um, have meetups and just a great place for us to continue to learn and, and, and find support, um, which I also think is important as a podcaster and a creative. Yeah, I I agree. Definitely, definitely important to have a community of other like-minded people in the podcasting space because I feel like it's kind of like so new. It's not really new, but like it's growing every year and it's like newer. I mean, it's been around, you know, for a while. People used to want to be like, what is this stupid app on my phone? Why can't I delete it? Like, I know that's how I was until I first discovered podcasts in 2015. Uh, And that's when I listened to my first one, which was probably everyone's first one cereal or most people's first one if they started back in the day. Um, so yeah, so I love that. And I love your journey. And was your podcast about what your blog is about or was it some, okay. And do you still have it? I do. I do. I still run my blog and podcast, but I would say most of my focus is on the podcast at this point. Uh, but for me, it was just a lot easier to have a podcast that supplements the blog. And that is the same brand versus having to start over from scratch with something else. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I started off blogging too, and it wasn't anything like what I'm doing now. Um, but even when I had like my VA slash social media management business, I had blog posts about that, but then eventually I was like, I just want to, I want to do a podcast. Like now I don't do blog posts anymore at all. I just do like show notes that are, you know, on my website. So it's, they're kind of like blog posts, but they're not like just a blog. It's like podcast episode plus the blog post. So, so yeah, so that's kind of what we're talking about today, which is show notes. So I know show notes are really, really um, a hot topic. People are always wondering, do I need them? Do I like really need them kind of things? Um, so let's talk about show notes and some of their benefits. Sure. So the question is, do you need show notes? Yes, you do need show (laughs) notes. And there is a distinction between the episode description, which you typically find within the podcast players and the show notes. So when I'm speaking of show notes, I'm talking about a dedicated, page on your website uh, that is going to go in depth into what this episode is about. And I think how I think about it is that the show notes really enrich 
the audio experience. It allows you to share the resources mentioned in written text. Also a great place to put affiliate links and different uh, products that you have that are relevant to the episode or to your podcast. Another benefit that show notes have is great for discoverability, not only within the podcast players themselves, like Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all of those, all those podcast players, but also discoverability via search engines like, like uh, Google or Bing or Yahoo or any other ones. So if you have a website and you have your show notes, you'll start to see that your show notes will start to get ranked in these search engines and that you may receive some traffic, some free traffic uh, from people who are just finding you online. So that's a huge benefit um, to having show notes. And lastly, well, two more. Lastly is that uh, it really entices potential listeners. If you are skimping out and only putting, let's say a few words or a couple of sentences, that may not be enough to encourage someone to go ahead and listen and go ahead and invest their time to subscribe. So it's really, it's really allowing you to showcase what's in it for the listener in an extended way. That's not just audio only. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree with all those things, especially the searchability and discoverability factor, because I feel like podcasts, discoverability is not that great right now, unless you have show notes. Cause like first, even one of my podcasts, I have to type in my name exactly in search bar on Apple podcasts for it to come up. If I type in just like podcast manager, that's one of my podcasts. That's not this podcast, but if I just type in podcast manager, like sometimes it'll show up, sometimes it won't. So it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. The keywords are not quite there yet. So having this additional show notes on your website will help get you discovered by more people. And then they can go listen to your podcast in the app of their choosing. Um, but unfortunately right now it's not, it's not that great, especially because it can't yeah. even listen to the audio yet. It can only read like your description and the title. And that's pretty much it when it comes to like the keywords and things like that. So it can't like search engines don't listen to your audio on podcast players yet. So it's like, you know, hopefully that's a thing in the future, but as of right now, that's, that's not how it works. And yeah, so that's why show notes are really, really crucial in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to show notes, do you think there's like a typical structure we should be following when it comes to like writing them out and putting them on our website? And, you know, do you feel like we should be doing like long and short form. And what I mean by that is like the long form would be like the blog post and the short form would be like the podcast description essentially. Right. Yes. So I have a framework that I've been workshopping for the last like four years. So I'm going to share with you what my structure looks like for my show notes. And this structure has really helped me to get found in search that discoverability we're talking about. So one of the things I actually see a lot of podcasters doing is, in, is embedding their podcast players in the first paragraph. Mm. And that first paragraph in blogging, it's reserved for your keywords. So if you're including your HTML code from your podcast hosting platform, you're missing out on a crucial spot to tell the search engines what this episode is about. So your first paragraph, your first slot I will always say, I recommend, tell us what's in it for the listener. What is this episode about? What are they going to learn in a, in a brief 
section. And if there are any related keywords, you want to make sure your keywords are included in your first paragraph. Then after the first paragraph, what I like to do is then I will embed my podcast player mm-hmm. because I want people to know this is a podcast. It's not a blog, you know, right. traditional blog. So I embed the podcast player and then underneath that podcast player, I include some of the places where people can listen to mm. this episode. What's important, for example, if I have Apple podcast, that link, it's not to my Apple podcast general to my uh, show. I want to make sure that link is specific to the episode because as you build your archives, you're going to have many, many episodes. And if you're not specifically including the link to that episode, your folks are going to get lost and they're not most likely going to search, you know, your archive. I have hundred episodes now, too many to to count. (laughs) Uh, So definitely recommend including links to a few podcast players. Look to see which ones are your top performing ones. So mostly maybe it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a few others. So include those links. Something new actually that I'm including as well in that link section is Podlink. Hmm. So Podlink allows you to create like this universal page that shares your, your podcast and all these different podcast players in one spot. Hmm. So instead of, you know, telling them they have to listen to an Apple podcast, you give them the pod link and then they could pick any of the players that they want. So I really like that tool. So now I'm going and adding that in. So this is important. I share this because even though I had a structure, like things like Podlink are new to me. So now I'm adding them in. So just be fluid and open to see how you can continuously improve your show notes. Um, After that, after including the links to the different podcast players, then I recommend like in this episode, we will discuss or you'll uncover or just give us a brief bullet pointed list of like the hot topics that are in this episode. If you decide to do this section, this could be an also a great place to put the timestamps right next to each of those bullet points as well. So folks can know, you know, exactly where to go for a particular topic. Now, moving down, another thing I like to include is resources mentioned. A lot of times Mm -hmm. on air, you'll say, hey, you know, head to my show notes, make sure you go back and put those links in your show notes as well as your affiliate links as well, or any products or services that you're promoting. And another last thing I want to mention here is include links to other episodes in your archives. This allows your show notes to be sticky Mm -hmm. and folks are going to come on into one page and then they can explore other potential ideas as well. So for me, that typically is what it looks like. Now, one of the questions you asked was like, you know, should I really go into the nitty gritty and like add even more text? If you have the time, if let's say you're having an episode that's like five tips about X, Y, Z, you can pull out each of those tips or pull out the main topics and expand upon that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm always consistent with that depending on time, but you can absolutely, absolutely do that. But at the bare minimum, the structure I mentioned is a good starting point for consistency. Yeah. I think, I think that's a big hangup for a lot of people because they like, they either do nothing or, you know, they think they have to do everything. They're like, oh, I'm not going to do anything or, you know, oh, I feel like obligated to do everything. Right. So, um, I think that's a great happy medium for people who are like, you know, they don't have a ton of extra time on their hands, but they, you know, they want to make sure it's done properly. Um, 
you know, when people outsource to me and my agency, we obviously do long form ones with like each point is elaborated on, but obviously most of our listeners here are DIYers. So they are less likely to have time to do that or make time to do that. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think that's a great, like happy medium structure. One thing I wanted to add, if you're the type of podcaster that scripts out your, your episode, or you have an outline that's elaborated, then use that as a basis for your show notes. Mm -hmm. That is a great time saver. So use your outline, use whatever scripts that you have and pop them in your show notes, time saver for sure. Yep. That's, that's what we end up doing typically for my show. Cause I script pretty much all of my episodes, not word for word, but I write like key bullet points and stuff. And that's what we use for making my show notes. And one of my team members does it. And she basically like, she adds a couple things and that's pretty much it. She makes sure to add the links, but, um, it makes it so much easier. So it's not like you're, it's not as daunting. And of course, if your episodes are five to 10 minutes, please please try and do long form show notes because that's not that much extra time. But, you know, I understand if you have like a ton of guests in there, like 35, 40 minutes each, I can understand why you wouldn't be able to always do long, long form. But if it's just you doing quick solo episodes, like please try and do the long form because you want to make it accessible. Accessibility is really, really crucial because not everyone wants to listen to a podcast. They prefer reading and you want to meet your audience where they're at. Even though I am a podcast person, I am a pod. I love podcasts. We help. That's my whole business. We help people with podcasts. I understand accessibility. And I think it's important because yeah, not everyone can or wants to listen. There's people who are deaf who probably would like to listen, but they can't. So you just want to meet people where they're at and give them the opportunity to, um, you know, to, to work with you because then you're just shutting people out if you're only letting them see it in one way on one platform. So. Right, right, right. Another thing I also wanted to mention is I have, like we mentioned before, this structure for my show notes. And let's say I'm time strapped. I don't have that much time to go into each bullet point and do like this extensive, extensive write-up. What I might do is I'll let a little time pass and I will go into my Google analytics, the back end, and I will see, Hey, what are my top performing podcast episodes for the month? If an episode is on the list and I look at the show notes, I'm like, huh, I'm getting, I'm getting some traffic and it's kind of looking a little, you know, bare bones here. Then I may dedicate more time to fleshing out, uh, some, Mm -hmm. some more points and comment and important sections. So you can start off with a template that feels good for you. And then you could use tools like Google analytics to inform your decisions as to which episodes are the ones that you want to go in and offer more context. Right. Yeah. I love that. I think that's really important. And, you know, anytime you even have any extra time in general, like look at your top five, like top of all time, top 10 of all time, top 15, whatever you have time for and revamp those and just make those ones, the best ones. And then come back to the ones that aren't as frequently listened to, because yeah, those are going to be the ones you want to be like, you're putting your best foot forward because those are when people are, people are stumbling on more frequently. So I love that. That's a great tip. And, you know, we can use that in all aspects of life really. <laughs> so Awesome. Is there anything that you think that we shouldn't like include in our show notes? I mean, that's kind of a random broad question, but. You know, I was thinking about this question and there wasn't like, there wasn't anything that stood out to me. 
However, I think that there are areas that I see that people should do more of. I think a lot more podcasters have very, very slim show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, And outside of the text, add in photos of, let's say you're, you're on an interview with you and your guests, take a quick snapshot, put that photo on in your show notes. Don't feel, don't be afraid to actually go to YouTube and find a YouTube video of that person on their channel speaking or another interview that they may find interesting. So I like to think of my show notes as a multimedia document. It's not, doesn't necessarily have to just be a sea of text. So add photos, add videos. Those are very important. Um, also, if you can, and if you have a Pinterest account, because Pinterest is a, a great discovery tool, add a few pins that mm-hmm. people can, can select mm-hmm. and pin to Pinterest. Very, very important. Again, it offers a visual, uh, yeah. another visual aspect to that. Um, and then lastly, I see that a lot of podcasters aren't including uh, opt-in to sign up for their newsletter, yep. right? <laughs> we are We have a really difficult time connecting with our audience Cause we don't have like a comment section. Yep. We don't have access to their email addresses. Yep. <laughs> so we want to just be able to capture folks's contact information when they visit our show notes page. So I don't really see things that they shouldn't do. I don't know but... if you have any thoughts about, about that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think, I think I love your point about Pinterest, but I think the thing with Pinterest is you do need to have a little bit more full bodied show notes when you're utilizing Pinterest because people traditionally that are coming from Pinterest, they're expecting a blog post, you know, that's like their typical expectation. So when they just see a couple bullet points and a podcast player, that kind of turns them off. So if you are intending to use Pinterest for your podcast, I would say like kind of beef up those show notes, because I think that that's their expectation is they're going to, they're coming to read some kind of blog post because a lot of the time you're not framing your pin as like an episode you can but those don't perform as well because people are looking for a blog post so you you know you don't always want to put your headshot and your guest headshot there you might just want to put like the title or whatever so make sure those ones are beefed up if you do plan on using pinterest because that's what people are coming for that's what they're expecting and then if they really like it then they might hit play and become a listener and you know a subscriber and whatnot but um the expectation from them is really you know more of blog post style. Um, yeah. And this, you know, just jogged my memory about intention. We have a lot of different people that we're targeting with our show notes. Our subscribers, our followers of our shows are coming in probably to get additional information, additional resources. You know, maybe they're looking for a particular link. That's one subset of people. Then you have people who find you through Google, who have no idea who you are, who have no idea who your podcast is. So you want to make sure that you're enticing them with information as to make it relevant for them to consider subscribing and being a follower. Then if you have pins on Pinterest, now you're catering to another audience who's looking for long form written content as well. So I think these, it's important to think of your show notes as a multifaceted, like there's, it's not only one type of person who's going to be looking at it. There are multiple types of people who will come and, and find this and for piece of document and find this information. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, that's a great tip. So what are your thoughts on like transcripts? Like, should we be including it? Should we, I mean, should we not like, what is the best practice for transcripts? So they say that transcripts is a best practice because it allows to have more text on the page. 
However, I also understand that this is very time consuming for us to do as well, because a lot of, they do have transcript software, but in AIs, but sometimes they're just wonky and they're not, <laughs> they're not readable. Right. Right. So, would still have to go through it with a fine-tuned comb and things like that. So I found a happy medium for me is to, yes, to have the transcripts, but then house them in a widget mm. called uh, Fusebox. Mm-hmm. So Fusebox allows it to just kind of be uh, wherever you embed it on the page and people can expand it to see all of the text. Yeah. Uh, but it's so not just like straight up, like just a conversation, exactly. just like so long. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I like, I like that. So they, they say there are benefits, the SEO benefits to having transcripts. But again, I think you have to think about your time constraints. Um, and it may be even more beneficial for you to just pull out the core content to make it a, just beef up your show notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my favorite way to use show notes. I don't put them on my website for any of my podcasts. We do for some of our clients, others we don't. It depends on, you know, what they prefer. Um, but yeah, for mine, we or in all of our clients, really, we just use it to form like all the core points from the episode and have it written versus having to listen. Um, and that really helps really pick out the solid like core points from each each episode. So it's not like you're having to sit there and listen to a 40 minute episode. You can like scroll through the transcript and then like hit play. Um, if something's like not making sense because the transcript didn't read it properly, these transcripts are great. But if you're, you know, if you have, if you're interviewing someone who's not like a native English speaker or they have an accent, it can definitely, um, be a little more challenging and not as accurate. I found that Descript is pretty accurate though. I like that one. Otter is okay too, but Otter definitely has some struggles <laughs> more than Descript I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. So I actually use Hello Audio. Mm. So I, I actually have like private podcasts through them. Okay. And one of their services is that they just offer free transcripts included in your package. Mm. So that their service for transcripts is really good. Um, so I can just, they never get my last name Desir. It's always with a Z. It's not correct. <laughs> hey, never close correct. Enough. <laughs> close enough, right? Close enough. But I, I'm really impressed with their service. So that's, I really recommend them. Do you have a public and a private podcast through them or just private? So I just have private, I have like five so far, five and counting. Like I have unlimited. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just so nerdy about private podcasts. <laughs> and you, do you have a public one too? No, I don't have a public one right no, now. No, no public. Them. You yeah. used, did you used to have a public podcast? Oh, I do. My personal, oh, yes, okay, I do okay, have okay. a personal <laughs> podcast. Yes, okay, I so do. you have yes. five privates and like one public. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Not, not Another, yes, yeah, okay, correct, okay. correct. Yeah, yes. I have, I have like, I'm turning all my courses into private podcasts on that. Hello Audio and that. like my summits as well. And um, yeah, so, and then I might do like a little like, private podcast for my membership and stuff like that soon. So, um, yeah, so I think that's kind of a fun idea is, you know, if you're interested, um, I'll put hello audios link in the description. Cause it's great. If you want to do a private, they even do, they have a public like on each plan. You can have a public, a public one. Yeah. One too. Mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't used it for public. Um, cause I've used like Libsyn or Buzzsprout or whatever, but definitely, definitely a cool option. So yeah, I love that. I think that's really helpful. Any other final like tips that you can think of for creating show notes, like, and making the process easy and not feeling overwhelmed by it? 
Sure. So another question someone might have is like, you know, should I include timestamps in my show notes? And it's one of those things I think that if you have the time, great. If you don't have the time, I can, I say, you know, just skip it. But the benefits of having the timestamps is just being able to pinpoint and laser focus for your listeners to know exactly where you uh, spoke about something, a particular topic. Now, I'm not sure if the, like when you're on YouTube, I find timestamps super beneficial. Okay. Skip to all the, you know, (laughs) all the stuff, Uh, but I'm not sure about podcasts. So yeah, I think if you have the time, yeah, sure. Do it. Um, I have found that when I'm working with sponsors, things like timestamps, they really want that things like transcripts. They're very excited about having transcripts as well. So be mindful about those things. Yeah. Yep. And if you're already pulling the transcripts, like if you're just pulling it, you're not putting it on your website, you can grab the timestamps easily from that too, because it'll literally say like, each time you talk, it'll tell your timestamp. So definitely makes it a lot easier. So yeah. And lastly, I always like to wrap up since this is a podcast about podcasting. What is your favorite podcast or podcasts? If you have multiple. Oh, I have so, so, so many, (laughs) so many. Um, all right. So I'll start with one of my favorites. It's the freelance Friday podcast with Latasha James and Latasha just talks a lot about what it's like to be a freelancer and running um, her own business, which is very, very exciting. Uh, So that's one of the ones I listen to a lot. Let me pull out my phone to see any other. (laughs) There's just so, 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 so many many good ones. Yep. So many good ones. So many good ones. Another one that I've been listening to is the monetized mom podcast. Mm. So that just offers just ways to make money as a mom and I'm a new mom. So that's been very, very helpful. I love your show. So mm-hmm. I listen to you every week for just that inspiration and just like, am I on the right track? I am. Okay, good, 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 good. So uh, those are some of, of my favorites for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. I think it's like the good thing about podcasting is like your list. I feel like my list is ever changing. Like I'm always going to have like some true crime because that's my thing. I'm always going to have some businessy ones. But like right now I'm in a season of like learning about you know, I've been a mom for two years now, but we're getting into like the toddler phase. So I'm looking for like podcasts that are about, you know, combating big feelings with your toddlers and things like that. And there's something for everyone, which is so amazing. It's just podcasts are so great. Cause it's, there's such a sea of stuff, just like with blogs, there's a sea of parenting blogs and, you know, meet you where you're at type situations, but it's just, it's so much easier to listen on the go versus, sitting down and pulling out my phone and trying to read or pulling out my computer and trying to read. Like I can listen to a podcast when I'm doing pretty much anything versus like, you know, if I'm like reading something, I feel like I have to be fully engaged, focused, engaged, right? (laughs) So it's definitely podcasts are definitely a great medium for busy moms for sure. So yeah, I love that. Well, tell us where we can find you online and I will make sure to link everything in the show notes as well. Yes. The best way to connect with me is at daniellezier.com and check out my podcast, the thought card podcast an affordable travel and personal finance podcast. And uh, Jenny, I will have in the show notes for you. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, like Apple podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Hopefully that'll be a great resource. 
Yeah, yeah. You can I'll find us sure at SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com and on Facebook at so, Savvy yeah, Podcasting so for Entrepreneurs really and Instagram at Savvy Podcasting. Awesome. Thank you so much. Make sure to join our free Facebook community for podcasters by going to SavvyPodcastingForEntrepreneurs.com slash community and join in on the exclusive community just for Savvy Podcasting for Entrepreneurs listeners. I'll see you there.